Welcome back to Junkie Lies of the Podcast, boys and girls. Um, we aren't quite there to the Floyd podcast, as I promised last time, but uh, we're going to get there. It's going to be the next one. Uh, they seemed a little more important. Uh, this is an issue that is uh, near and dear to my heart. I talk too much about it to people, actually. Uh, so I figured we'd try to get it all out in one podcast uh, and talk to all of you about it, uh, get a discussion going. What I'm talking about is uh, streaming music. It is ubiquitous uh, these days as far as how we all get our music, whether you're on Spotify, Audio, Mog, uh, GrooveShark, whatever you're using, uh, more and more uh, moving away from this model of I buy a track, I have a track on a hard drive somewhere, uh, to I have a subscription service and I, and I pay and then I have all the tracks. Uh, for my money, it is, it is the future. In fact, it's not even for my money. It just is. This is this is how it's going. Uh, but obviously, there are some issues with it. Um, last week, Taylor Swift attempted to, and I put that in quotes, to, to raise awareness of one of the issues is that there's discussion about how much artists are making on this new model. Um, both sides of this argument, uh, people saying some, dropping in some good information, people saying some really bad information, pretty much like the internet in general. Uh, so... Put together a, a wee panel here just to try to get to the bottom of this, uh, shed a little light on some of these practices and stuff. Uh, it didn't get as wonky as I thought it would uh, because the three of us uh, speaking today were are, are very uh, passionate about this issue. Uh, had Marcus Dowling come down, uh, he needs no introduction. Uh, and uh, Ali Sternberg is a uh, policy counsel for uh, CCIA. Um, basically, her work, she's a lawyer, and, and her work is... is a lot of it tied up in copyright, but she does deal a lot with um, making sure artists get uh, paid what they worth and figuring out all those regulatory hoops and hurdles and whatnot. Uh, and she's also a musician, so uh, double invested in this. Uh, so they were kind enough to come down to the basement. Uh, this is a uh, sort of an introductory introductory discussion. Uh, I don't pretend that we have solved anything here but at least hopefully shed some light and get people talking about it uh we're, i'm sure we're going to be talking about it in the future uh, much much more uh, and uh, i'd like to have people on both sides of the argument come on uh, i know uh casey ray was invited from future music coalition he could not make it uh but he'll be on hopefully casey if you're listening come on um and musicians after you listen to this you know if, if you're like shit you know, I have this really strong opinion, and you want to come discuss the issue, please uh, reach out. Let me know. Uh, it's just Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com. Uh, the point is, you know, this is streaming thing is going to happen whether we like it or not. So if we all put our heads together, uh, we can figure out the way it benefits everybody. Uh, and then the world will be a better place with all the music in it. At least that's my hope. Uh, so this is all talk. Uh, no music podcast right here so we'll just get right to it uh this is episode number 90 of chunky glasses the podcast uh streaming music and you it happens here and it finishes here two men enter one man that right there is a lot of 
right. Uh, we are back in the basement uh, with uh, one old person, one new person. Uh, new person, one Ali Sternberg. I've been trying to get you on the podcast, I think, since the beginning of this year. Since the, uh, what was the name of it? The Beastie Boys thing. The Goldie Blocks. Oh, that. <laughs> Seems like so long <laughs> Which ago. we can get into eventually, yeah. but uh, that might veer towards that. But, uh, yeah, you are, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. A little bit. So, um, I work at a trade association of mm-hmm. internet tech telecom companies, mostly, uh, as a lawyer, mostly on copyright-related issues, occasionally dealing with the fun world of music copyright and music licensing and all that Super complicated, fun mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I also write for a blog that we run called Disco, the Destructive Competition mm-hmm. Project. And I also, in my free time, am a singer-songwriter working on my first album. All right. That's good. Uh, you, you are also a uh, user of Logic, which, which I enjoy. Oh, yes. I like evidence based <laughs> policy and data. It is, it is, <laughs> it is amazing to see uh, your, your tweets are very logical and rational a lot of times. So Thank you. Uh, and then Marcus, like we like were saying upstairs, we, you, you know, you're just Marcus. Yeah, um, do AndroidsDance.com uh, through the Complex Network, uh, Medium.com through Twitter. Uh, let's see, there's... Uh, you know, on Tap Magazine locally in mm-hmm. D.C., uh, Brightest Young Things as well. Um, on top of that, I also do uh, PR and marketing, and I'm also an artist manager. Yeah. yeah. So, good little panel to uh, do what we're going to do today here, yeah. which is, I think, try to save the world. Or at wow. least, or at least the music cake. industry. So, uh, oh, there goes the Java. Um, so, last week, I think it was, uh, Taylor Swift's album, 1989. It's a fine piece of pop, poppery. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard it. I have. Yeah. It's inescapable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daria won't stop listening to it, despite me begging and pleading. But uh, at any rate, uh, she's coming out with a new album and then just says, "You know what? Fuck you, Spotify." Just pulls not not just not just windows the album, but pulls her entire catalog off of Spotify. And this sort of enraged. Uh, consumers a little bit and fired up the musicians of the world because this is a debate that's been going on i think since the inception of streaming music uh she says that she did this because of royalty payments and what she gets so what i wanted to talk about today was actually try to parse a little bit of that out for people because i mean i could have just gone on and read the comment section of even like the post you made you know and it's there are some people who are like, you know, shut up, you made, you know, twenty million dollars or whatever and like that's that doesn't factor into it. I mean the fact is is that uh artists do need to get paid. So the question is, is do we think this is uh a way for them to get paid? So Allie, let's talk a little bit about some uh, <clears throat> uh, specifics of, of how this goes. Yes. What can you tell us? So yeah. So I think that there are a lot of there's a lot of facts to think about. One, one thing is, is that this is not like people latch onto these exciting um, or interesting stories involving big name artists, but mm-hmm. Taylor Swift is probably a pretty unique case who would probably sell, you said, a million. Yeah, anyway. Right? Anyway, so um, anything that's going to work for her is not necessarily what's right for, for like um, smaller artists, for, for indie artists. For, so it's definitely a pretty unique case. But um, there were there are a lot of. I'm just gonna get some 
some facts out here. So, um, oh, yes. <laughs> no, I, um, so Spotify said that, um, that about 40% of, of their users were, of their 40 million mm-hmm. users had been listening to her music before she pulled it, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. And, and mm-hmm. that's some of their estimates on, on some of the, the blogs said that she was making about $84,000 a week on that. Yeah. Um, and another thing that Spotify put out, this is not news, but that they, they pay about 70% of their mm-hmm. revenue to rights holders. But then that ends up going to kind of some of the middlemen. Often it goes to publishers for the, for the royalties on the musical work, the composition, and it goes to the labels for the sound recording. And then that will kind of goes into a black box, lack of transparency. Right, and right. we don't even know how much, the, right. always know how much the artists are getting. So if there's one big thing that can come out of this, it would be great to have transparency on all sides. Absolutely. From, from, from the services, the, the, um, the streaming services, and from the labels and publishers and artists. Because there's a lot of... A lot of misconceptions and people are making assumptions. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so let's start with the the fact that like, unless you have, I mean, Spotify is not a record label. This is right. true, but right. it is owned by some record. It labels. is owned by some record labels. So, I mean, that's getting into like you know uh, interest and preferential treatment, right? And stuff. Yeah, but, that's definitely. But we, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that because <laughs> um, <laughs> we got to talk about David Lowry. So, <laughs> oh, <yay. laughs> uh, but so. Let's let's get though to the, the the fact that the rights holders like unless you have a uh, deal with Spotify, you have a deal with a label. Uh, I've advocated, uh, no offense, Marcus, that many times that artists should not be using labels anymore. You can use a distribution point and stuff, but for digital goods, there is no reason in the world if you've made your music for you to give that up and give those rights up to anybody else. Um, you know if. You require a $20,000 advance, I think, to get into a studio. That's on you. That, that's bad decisions that you're making. Um, but it's not necessary. You know, that is the old way of thinking. So when you hear, I think, to my mind, what we have is all these people saying, well, I only get paid so much per stream, so much this. The first block of that is your deal with your label. Which historically, and this is, I don't think this is news to anybody, labels fuck the artists. I mean, that's about it. You know, if, if you are, uh, you know, you want to take it back to the 70s, you know, people be like, I got a $200,000 advance and I'm flying on a jet and I'm like playing stadiums. And yeah, and, and you're actually paying for all that. And so when you get, you know, a penny out of, like LP at that time or an A track. You know what? I didn't look up what the fucking royalties were on A tracks. That'd be amazing. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but well, actually, you know, the point I'm trying to make is it probably would have been similar. I I don't feel this has changed. I was gonna say I don't even know if you could track like I mean the internet services are the first time you can track like public performances because they know right because most of the time I mean like a venue might have to. Mm-hmm. To get a license, but if you're just playing it in your, like in your room or something, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's the thing with with I think that's the one thing with with streaming now is that yeah. that's finally being monetized, understood and yeah. monetized. Like if you're playing this in your bedroom, right? Um, yeah, like that's the one thing with this whole thing with me is that it's the the, the music industry is very decentralized right now. I mean, that's kind of where we are right now. Like you know, there's you know uh, labels are scrambling for money. Artists don't want to work with labels. Mm-hmm. So rights holders are freaking out because, you know, records aren't selling. And the music industry is controlled by two or three artists a year that sell 
millions of copies mm-hmm. and it allows for all the other artists to do what they do. Uh, there was a number that came out for uh, Taylor Swift's album where she sold something like 22% of all of the albums on the Billboard Top 100 the week that she hit number yeah. one, which is insane. You know, like yeah. there's yeah, yeah. one artist. like, And I, I think that uh, this all actually for me goes back to before Spotify, before all of this, it goes back to Napster. Napster was yep. the point when the music industry should have stopped and said, digital technology, we know absolutely nothing, but this crazy kid in his, ba- in, his, in his basement knows everything. So let's understand what he's doing and let's like get in and, and, and make all the money because this is where we're going. But by the time that they, they caught up with him, they, they tried to imprison him. They didn't say, thank you for your knowledge and information. Like, we're going to put you in jail. And then iTunes springs out of that. And then you bring in Apple as a corporation mm-hmm. into that. And then the labels have to then go through a corporation. And then they have to also deal with the digital technology they don't understand. And then from there, you go to illegal download blogs and then illegal mm-hmm. download sites and then Pirate Bay. And now the guys at Pirate Bay are in jail. And this is just where we've gone. And so now Spotify and Bandcamp and SoundCloud are all trying to pick up the pieces in some ways. And artists are actually getting more screwed now than they ever were from a label because these are all yeah. startup companies that haven't really turned a profit yet who have to pay out profits, which is yeah, and I mean, am, am I incorrect in saying that, like, you know, the the labels are depending on like outdated laws? Is that would that be safe to say? Definitely outdated business models. Business I mean, the model. laws are really old too. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, you know, because I mean, I think the idea is that is that what people want is to classify a stream as a play. Um, like, uh, like I bought this song. Oh, and yeah. and and like that's not that's not irrational to my mind or. Uh, I mean, it's it shows a sort of lack of like knowing your your business. If if you yeah. if, if you take the analog of radio, it's like it's funny you said Napster, right? So if you and and this sounds like I would be reading from I'm not reading it's up, but I'm not reading from Spotify. So like, <laughs> but uh, you know, this is something I've, I've talked about at length uh, with people uh, a little bit on the podcast. But if you you consider like the internet and distribution of music like this did not exist before Napster. Napster was a big uh, peer to peer, peer to peer, but it was yeah. it was piracy. I guess I guess it's safe to call it that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's safe to. But so so it's piracy, and so there is a and like you said, but it people react and they're like, we don't know what to do. This blah blah blah. Yeah. It is the basis of all this new technology. Right. It is showing the way of how the music is going to come out. Yeah, actually, like literally, I, I, mm-hmm. Spotify was was banned in the House of Representatives. I think at some point last year, or the year before, I, I yeah. blogged about it because it uses the same kind of peer to peer technology. Yeah, because yeah. it was yeah. So that like not only was was oh, yeah. like if you, if you want to nerd out, yeah, yeah, it is the exact same technology. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. I don't know if it still is, but like not only was were services like Napster showing market de- like demand, mm-hmm. they, these kind of services are like like people want them. Also, it was showing that you could make them. They're, like the technology was there, and the, and the demand It's just like. Right. But you, they wanted to, yeah. to it's, keep it's on been there since LimeWire, right? Right. Like, that's right. The thing. Yeah. Well, LimeWire was was the other thing. Yeah. So, yeah right. So you all know, those services. I, right. I, I, I won't try to uh, 
say that like yes this is a good thing people pirate i will call a lot of people out by saying who are very uh, self-righteous about it and saying they didn't benefit from it they absolutely did uh if you like receive a album from a friend if you do that i mean it is the same the scale is very different and stuff what the scale did though um i think at the end of the day benefited every single musician on the planet because all of a sudden everybody has this huge vocabulary Nobody's getting paid for it, but everybody knows uh, – like well, we were talking uh, with uh, – actually, Nils Klein about this last week. Uh, you know, On one, one minute, you can be listening to a black metal album, and then, then the next minute, you can be listening to Taylor Swift, and then the next minute, listen to an old like Sam Cooke album. And the next, you know, okay, this is in front of people now. During those days, there was no monetization. There was nothing. It was the Wild Wild West. It was uh, – Fantastic, <laughs> you know, um, and so along comes around 2007, 2008. Although Rhapsody was around around 2003, I never really cottoned to Rhapsody. It was like it was a, the yeah. marketing was never really right yeah. with Rhapsody. Like they didn't understand that like people don't want to know upfront how much money they're going to have to pay for all this music that they're able to stream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to know that. I mean, that's the one thing that Spotify makes Spotify great is that they don't tell until recently. Until recently, they never told you. How much money people were getting paid or not getting paid for any of this. Right. And also, it was European at first, so it seemed like to most Americans like this weird novel European thing. It's like eating Nutella or something. You're like, oh. <laughs> and I had an invite to Spotify that I had to buy a proxy to get to it. I, I, I did that. Too. Yeah, oh, you, but did you do the invite? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so you, know, you know. And, you know, it was this amazing thing. It was this thing that, like, if you had, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I, I know the pirate sites well. You know, it's it's I've sailed the high seas. I have an iPod with ten thousand songs on it that knows those sites too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so let that come as no shock to anybody. Uh but the end result is like I run a fucking music site, you write about music all day long. So I mean again, we won't try to say this is the right way to go, but this is the end result for some people. Um you know, so Spotify comes along and it is outright banned in the US. It is outright banned in the US because the labels are like uh, we don't want to know what we want to do with this. We don't know how to really uh, make money off this. That's what it all boils down to. We don't know how to make money off of this. Uh, it was banned for years, and sites like Audio, Mog, uh, some other ones, uh, Groove Shark, which is totally illegal. Yes, <laughs> uh, that, that's actually illegal. But the point Audio was, Galaxy. Hmm? Shout out to Audio Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> the, the, the point is, is that whether you believe him or not, uh, Daniel X, Spotify's founder, was uh, his goal was to essentially legitimize piracy. Uh, he was one of the creators of BitTorrent. Um, another thing that is driving me mad this week is that people are saying you should do away with BitTorrent. Like that is the most efficient file delivery system known to man at this point in history. So we will not be getting rid of BitTorrent, and it does not. It is not equatable with piracy. It is used by it because guess what? There's demand. Yeah. But um, so he creates this thing and goes hurdles and finally – when did it finally go live in the US? Go ahead. 2008. Was it 2008? I think so. Because, yeah, I was, I was looking at the um, one of the recent posts and they were saying that they paid out $2 billion and the first billion was – I think 2008 to last year, and then the, okay. the next volume was this yeah, year. They rolled it out slow. Yeah. I remember, like it came out, it came out, and like it was like very limited users. And yeah. then, and around like 2011, 
they opened it up to like. Oh, you know, maybe that was not in the U.S. I might no, have no, been yeah, that. I don't think it was. I it think was, it was a slow like 2002. Yeah, that can't be right. 2011. Oh, they started it, and it was in the U.S. It never went. It was <laughs> well, 2011. It was on, Clout was giving out free memberships for people who were influencers. Just name every weird website. <laughs> there you go. That's how I got on. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm an influencer. Like a taste maker. I had the little. I, I had the little. That little square on on clout. Nice. That I was an influencer, <laughs> nice. so I was able to get Spotify for free. So it comes. I mean, I'll tell you. Like I'm on RDO because RDO beat them to the states. I mean, and RDO is out of like San Francisco. I think. Uh, I, I prefer it, but uh, it's still essentially the same thing. They have the same deals and stuff. They don't have as clear a, a mission statement, and they don't offer the transparency that Spotify is doing. That may be because they're under fire. I would love. I mean, I've emailed them and. They, they don't really respond to stuff like that. They famously aren't going to share numbers. Hmm. But we can assume they're, they're close to the same uh, and the goals are the same. Um, so you have this thing that people don't know what to do with. Musicians are decrying it. Uh, the first point is the uh, royalty payouts. We're talking 0.006% or not percent like of a penny like per play. Um, do you guys think that and I think this might be a good thing that Spotify, in, in having these rates at this level, are sort of making a lot of uh, musicians out there sort of face the reality of the business. You think that would be valid? Because I think, I think, if you if you're making an album in your in your basement, Marcus, if you and I make an album, then yeah. or if you if we, yeah. if we all make an album make right an album. now, <laughs> are we going to put it up on Spotify? Are we going to go through a label, first of all? A label gets us, puts us up on Spotify. Are we going to expect to make a living off that? So I'm actually – one of the reasons that I was really excited to, to work on my album is that I'm going to try to get it on mm-hmm. all the services without a label and be transparent about how much – Absolutely. Thing That's awesome. Yeah. And also I have like reasonable expectations that maybe only like, my friends will listen to it. But. So, so since you're getting ready to do something uh, like that, how how are you viewing as far as like uh, promotional wise? As far as like, it, it's hard to get your music out to people. I mean, we're we're drowning in it. Where there there are five thousand emails in my inbox. I'm sure you you get the same. You know, it's more than ever before. People, people that just want to be heard. Yeah, they can that's do that. fantastic and horrifying at the same time. Right. Um, but so, how are you looking at that? As like you prepare to do this. Like, are you looking at that like, uh, no way, people are going to be stealing my shit if I put it up on this service, or do you see it as a marketing tool? I think that um, obscurity is worse, worse than piracy. I mean, I, I think that I would love for people to listen to it on on these different services. I also intend to – I mean, I'm not really a traditional case. Like, I'm probably going to put it under out under a Creative Commons license and mm-hmm. maybe put up free MP3s on, on my website and on, on SoundCloud. Right. So I, I, my goal in making this – this um, album is to have people listen to it. So I, and also, but I'm not trying to make this my day job or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't want to compare myself to most other kinds of musicians. But well, let, yeah, let's let's then talk about the ones that that they are trying yeah, to make it their that's day definitely job. Definitely different. I'll talk about that actually because yeah. as an artist manager, I can tell you like I deal with my artists every day, um, along with a million other things I do. So the big issue right now is that is not you're not making music your marketing audio data mm-hmm. you have to un- you have to like make the the, the, yeah. the you have to make the distinction in your head like people that make music are not going to 
succeed by traditional standards of making lots of money and buying big cars and buying boats and doing what you do. But if you realize that you're marketing audio data, then that's where you start to make money when you say, okay, well, I made a track. So what if I talk to a blogger and said, or a blogger, but like a, a podcaster and said, mm-hmm. I will let you, I'll lease you my song for six months for X amount of dollars. Yeah. I will also go to businesses and I will go through, you know, like go to all, everyone else who's not a person in the music industry who needs music and have them pay me for the data that I am creating that they will use to market their products. Mm-hmm. There you go. Like that's the, the, the new model. Because just putting out music for people to listen to, it's been proven. Because this is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. We did it to ourselves. Yeah. It, it's not going to make you a lot of money unless you're Taylor Swift. And even still with Taylor Swift, she has an entire label. Mm-hmm. And she has a whole marketing team. And she has lots and lots of reasons why she sells a million records. And she only sold a million records. Yeah. Like, think about it by comparison to, like, compare Taylor Swift to, like, say, Michael Jackson, who is another similar mm-hmm. globally renowned pop music star who selling a million album, copies of Thriller in his first week, it's, by comparison, not really. Yeah. It's like nothing. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, whatever. But like the amount of effort it takes for Taylor Swift to be Taylor Swift is insane for anybody. Because you're not Taylor Swift. Right. There's only one of her, you know? Right. So yeah. if you're not Taylor Swift, like how much effort are you going to have to put in to do this. And there's ways around that. Like, people don't understand. Like, the music industry is not a box anymore. The music industry is air. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could be over here. You could be over there. You could walk around here. You could... The angles to making money are so disparate now that you have to think about... Like I said, you have to think about the way that music appears differently. It's right, right. audio data. So so what do you think is helpful for musicians like to, to, to recognize that? To recon- I mean... Uh, I mean, I've talked with people who are, are adamant that they don't... That, their stuff on streaming stuff and, and they're like they're local and I'm like so <clears throat> nobody's going to hear your album I, like I just want to be like y- y- you have to <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I completely <laughs> completely get that like this is this is a very precious thing this is your heart and soul in this thing but if nobody hears it it's it's only yours yeah and that's not that's not why you're in the business it is why you make music, but that's yeah. that's not why you get into the business. Yeah, I mean, do they just want to tour? Or do they just want to like put out records? Unclear. Or CDs? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unclear. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's dependent. Uh, some people are, some people are. They're like, we want to tour. Some people are because they feel this is a theft thing. That it is. Uh, they don't want to like play into that. Like somehow, uh, and I'm not speaking just locally now. Uh, they they're going to take down this new you know system. Um, as if it were, as if they were of the Betamax lobby, right? You know? <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, you f- realize that that's like a completely new revenue stream for the industry. Yeah, the, the Betamax right. stuff is. Oh, what a yeah. what, to me, it's like example. You you want to use the streaming to create an immediate point of access for people mm-hmm. that want your music for for purposes that are not buying or anything involving revenue yeah. streams scarcity like something like that's uh, yeah, yeah you want like if say say you want to like go out and get somebody you want to have somebody pay you to play a gig the easiest thing to do is to put your music up on a streaming site anywhere so that anywhere even on your phone because spotify is on my phone yeah yep. if i'm walking down the street and somebody's like hey i like your band i have a bar i have a venue where can i hear your band 
hold on one second. You have headphones? Okay, cool. Here you go. Right here. Bam. It's like literally like that simple. And I'm not looking at it as like I want these guys to make $10 million like off of just these streams. This is just a way of creating access. And you have to like really think about it differently because it's all about creating this this access. And, you know, like that that's the thing. Like if you want to look at it as like, okay, we're going to put out a record to sell a million copies, you're crazy. Because the amount of money and time and effort it's going to take to sell a million copies, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're nuts. For, for anybody. I mean, Taylor Swift was the first one this oh, year. Oh, the only, she'll be the only one. She'll be the only one. Unless Beyonce puts out that surprise record or whatever that she was talking about. Yeah. The the platinum collection, whatever. That only has like five new songs. And Chance the Rapper is putting out Surf for free, so that won't sell. Well, of course Chance put out yeah. record for free. Yeah. Chance didn't even put but out so, an album. So, so, Ch- so, Chance so, the great... Person to talk about actually. I don't know if you know who Chance the Rapper is. Heard of Okay. He's amazing. Chance is is the next great rap superstar. <laughs> no, he's the next great musician. Yes, he's oh. beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, we heard it here. He hasn't he hasn't released a mainstream artist album yet. He's the best guy in the game. Oh, did Nicki Minaj not release an album for a long time? Well, not, Nicki, not Nicki kept Chance, releasing right? the same album. Nicki oh, repackaged like a Pink Friday like oh. a million different ways. Yeah, she's re- she's she released Pink Friday three times <laughs> okay, that's under three different like you know concepts. But um, <laughs> Chance, because I, I feel like a major label looks at him and they're like, and he looks at the major label. They both look at each other and he's like, well, like you guys are going to want a lot out of me, and I'm not going to make a lot of money out of this. And then you know the label looks at him and they're like. Well, you don't like us to begin with, and you're not going to really want to work with us, and it's going to take a lot of effort to sell a million copies of this material that you're going to make that we don't know if it's going to be great because you're under the age of, you know, 25, so Mm -hmm. we can't really trust it. (laughs) So it's like he's gone without a major label deal. He's done nothing but touring, and he's going to put out an album for free. And he self-funded the tour. That that is is the thing. Mm -hmm. He he basically – Like crowdfunded or is it – No, he – Basically took out a loan wow. and yeah. said, I have faith in this. I need to pay people on the way. I need to book the venues. I need to sell tickets. And he, when he played here at the Fillmore, we went and it, it sold out like that. It was huh. – and it was one of the best shows I saw that year. It's the new model to me. It, it, it is the new model. But so with him in respect to streaming, I mean that is not on Spotify. Not at all. Uh, well, no. It actually it might be now. It was on audio for a while. Yeah, for – Acid Rap was never on – Acid Rap is his free mixtape, the mm-hmm. big, big thing that made him a star – was never on streaming. Like it drove me crazy because I put together playlists. Yeah. I, I put together playlists for money. It's a thing that I do. It's one of the many services I offer, like, you know, just as things I can do to like, you know, be a freelancer. So, um, like, you know, you want like these great Chance the Rapper songs to put on these playlists. Like say like there's like a restaurant and they want to like, you know, be hip and edgy and cool. Yeah. I'm like, this guy is great. He'd be perfect for – Where's that song? Where's that? Where, it's not. Great. So you, you can only download it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you yeah. have your crate of 45. So <laughs> exactly. Like, James Murphy carries around. Why can't you? Yeah, I know, Come right? On, I'm man. just like, wow, you know, but, but it was smart for him, for him because, you know, like so much of his revenue stream comes from Touring. Yeah. And so much of it comes from like, you know, making sure that, that live experience is something that you get to really access the music and just, you know, making it available for free is Fits for him, but so so this illustrates a point uh, that I wanted to make is that if uh, I have much like you ten thousand, well I have I'm not going to open it. It's upwards of in the hundreds of thousands of tracks. Now, as I've said many times before, a lot of those are in CD cases behind that wall, 
right there. So, I mean, um, I have moved over to streaming, and it's essentially replaced my need for a uh, like a high gigabyte iPhone. You need to plug in somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is it re- replaced my need for uh, you know this, this storage space? It's re- it replaced my need um, to curate. It's replaced like right now almost anything except like advances that I want to hear is available on streaming. If it's not and it's out, the chances that like I will write about you are zero. Mm-hmm. Because I have a long commute. Talked about it a lot on this this podcast. Uh, that's what I do. I listen to the shit on the on the on the way back. There, I mean, there is a service that's getting into it. Uh, I gotta fill out this thing for him actually. Uh, YD um, that sort of aggregates this stuff from SoundCloud and YouTube. It's not a perfect solution, but it is sort of getting around it that you can use that I make playlists for. But for the most part, if I get something and the album's out, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just cue that up and and listen to it on the way home on on my. Streaming service of choice audio, and if it's not there, it's it's not getting listened to. Like because it, it is, uh, as a consumer, um, I have grown fat and lazy. <laughs> that is, but I mean, so so to that point, uh, streaming to consumers versus streaming to artists. <clears throat> uh, this is the jukebox in the sky. This is, you know, sort of the the, the musical nirvana. Um, how do consumers, if if labels aren't going to do it, if uh, Spotify, I mean Spotify can't increase their output. They're paying seventy percent of their revenue to the labels. I right. mean that that that's absurd for any business model. I I don't it, I don't even I've never comprehended it. So the idea that they should pay more is ridiculous. Go out of business, yeah. Well, yeah, they'll go out of business. And then all of a sudden you have this huge hole of like, oh, and all of a sudden people won't hear shit. Well, the answer is socialism, to be honest, for yeah. the music industry. Um, everything has to get socialized. You have to understand that like, okay, so there's like – there's it, it, I, I see this all – okay, there's two things about the music industry. Um, number one, we're in a race towards um, absolute zero for everything. Everything being absolutely free, get it where you want it. It's all available and floating in ether somewhere. Um, and we're just in a, in a game of like, okay, well – how do we like avoid this for as long as we humanly possibly can? Even if there's a cent to be made in the music industry, somebody will make it. Um, I also think that we're at a place in the music industry where people need to understand that you uh, you just have to like find the one service that does one of these each of these things correctly. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I like Bandcamp. And I like what Bandcamp's doing with as far as like they're allowing now for. Artists to have subscriptions for their uh, play for their uh, their their sites, mm-hmm. so that you can offer mm-hmm. you know uh, all your music, you can offer all your merchandise and everything through this, through the one portal. It's smart. Um, SoundCloud, you know, say whatever you will. I mean, major right. labels need a place to put their music. Yeah, and they just signed a deal with major labels. Yeah, they're, they did. they're vying Warner, to get yeah. into the streaming game. Yeah, and, and, and well, they they're stream, but into the, the the subscription model. Yeah, and then I like yeah. YouTube doing what they're doing with YouTube uh, Music Play. Because they're going to allow you to be able to YouTube Music Key, rather. They're going to allow you to be able to, you know, like if you want to not see, you know, a commercial for your local chiropractor uh, between your video, you you can do that now, you know. Mm-hmm. And you have all the access to all the music, and it ties in with Google Play. 
So like if you don't want to see the Chance the Rapper video, you can see the Chance the Rapper. You can hear the Chance the Rapper song, mm-hmm. and it all works. It's like they're in synergy. Well, let's talk about YouTube for a minute. Um, right now, if you go on there, if I search Hollow Notes, I will find all the Hollow Notes, and none of it is officially sanctioned. It is all uploaded. It all gets taken down. I know because I've gotten a takedown notice for something we used in a video that was fair use. I hope I might ask you about this later. <laughs> <laughs> I think I asked you about it on Twitter. You're like, uh, depends. <laughs> Um, you know, um, so you have all these things up there, and this is this again is the, the argument that Eck is making with Spotify. Uh, but I, but I do think it's a good argument. Um, is that you know these other channels are out there where artists aren't making money, and you're gonna like bitch about this, you know, because it is. I I don't understand YouTube. I am. I'm older. I, I bet you do. Like, um, but I, I really, when people were like, I get all my music off YouTube. I'm like, what? What are you even talking about? Like, I remember when YouTube launched, and I was like, oh, videos, you know. And I, and I've watched my fair share of like Boston lyric videos now. <laughs> but um, the, the idea that somebody can <clears throat> fill up like an entire playlist and that's how they experience music and that's how they get it, it's a weird like uh, blameless piracy. Honestly, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I definitely I, I will use it to like listen to one song, and uh-huh. I mean, and often almost I feel like almost always when I'm listening to songs, it's I'm listening to I'm watching a music video too, or at least I'm like maybe I'm doing some, maybe it's like in the background, but it's sure. but there's a lot of I'm I'm surprised how much music videos have are continuing to be such an important thing. Like, I feel like there's it's like a lyric videos and music videos. It's fascinating right. to me how much those get investment and resources in. They're, they're great, but yeah. Um, there, YouTube has some unique um, monetization things that like no others that a lot of services can't really implement. But they mm-hmm. have like under their DMCA policy, I think it's like take it down, like leave it up, or you can leave it up and put an ad and monetize someone which else's is video. New. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is a pretty kind of unique middle balance option. Because yeah. I mean, I, I, I went through the process and I went all the way basically to Sony. I was like, all right, if you can sue me, sue me. And then yeah. and they, but the thing is, it's mostly bots. Looking at it, oh, so, yeah. so somebody actually had to look at the case, and they're like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah, no, robots. Very yeah. hard enough for humans." Hilariously <laughs> enough, though, it got flagged again, and I yeah. literally sent a thing to YouTube, and they're like, "Well, <clears> you know," uh, I say, "Look, look at your records. This is clear." And so, and they did; they, they yeah. cleared it. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's this stuff up there, and and the legitimate stuff. Like you're right. This is there's no other marketplace for that. Right. There's they don't show videos on MTV. They don't. I mean, that was. Uh, I mean, could we equate MTV as streaming services? Well, of course, they, of course, you can. That that makes all the sense in the world. Um, the thing that I think that MTV—it's funny with MTV. Once the digital age became a thing, MTV is like, we don't have a job to do anymore. We're just going to show Jersey Shore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the one thing is funny. Okay, I was on vacation in Boston, and this is the only time I don't have cable. I decided a long time ago that TV was like you know just. Getting like I had, le- I had fewer options on TV and more options on the internet, so I was okay. like, okay, cable's got to go. So I was on, I was on vacation, and you know, they, the cable TV is in the hotel room. So I'm like, let me watch MTV. Let me see what's going on on MTV. And from from seven to ten a.m., they showed music videos, and I thought this was the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm watching it, and it was like it was funny because you really get a sense of like how amazing the video era was when videos were a thing. Because I saw 40 videos, and, I, and they were all major label artists. Every single one of them. 
Like there was no like 120 minutes kind of thing where like mm-hmm. and a, a video would break on 120 minutes, then it would like move up, and then all of a sudden yeah. you'd be seeing the video like in, in the morning. You know, like Nirvana yeah. smell like Team Teen Spirit pops to mind. Yeah, you know, Sub Pop not a major label, but built up, and all of a sudden it's you know playing on you know like whatever not TRL but whatever the the countdown show was. But uh, it just it just came to my mind. I'm like, wow, like. Okay, there's the Tiesto video because Tiesto is a major label deal, and yeah. there's Gez. Okay, and there's this random, you know, like synth pop group. Okay, I, I don't know, but you know, and then it's like you—that's where you know MTV is now, and that's unfortunate. And then when you look at the internet, it's great because you have a trillion options. Mm-hmm. Everybody can put a video up, and it's funny with YouTube Music Key now. It's strange because they've they had to go out and get. A hundred percent of known music, uh, you know, uh, rights holders mm-hmm. to okay this. Oh, because they're they're coming out with the streaming service next week. Next week, the seventeenth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they had to get a hundred percent of known music rights holders, which mm-hmm. is funny because, like, if you're an indie artist, don't shoot a music video. Just don't. It don't put up on YouTube, especially because you're not going to get the really hot stuff where, which is you know, like right. getting your video into music key. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean that. And the, the one of the things that what I was thinking about MTV was that that it was a. Uh, I mean, I guess you paid for it. And you, I didn't get MTV until '83, I think, and uh, it was just part of the cable. Yeah, came in. I know people had it earlier and stuff, but it was a never-ending stream. Uh, it was much like Pandora, and there was a bunch. Um, or any internet radio station like that. I know Spotify now uh, does on mobile where it is only uh, a radio station, essentially. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think people were complaining back then that, like, you know, well, I guess they famously did. Video killed the radio star. <laughs> it was false, though. Uh, it, was, it, it did not. It exploded, it exploded the industry and it made it what it is to where why we're talking about streaming like the decline of the industry now because back then an album would come out and it would sell like millions and millions and millions of copies i mean you think about like def leppard's pyromania back then how that wouldn't sell now (laughs) (laughs) it's not like five copies i'd buy four and i probably got the fifth yeah right you know um you know so it's you know back back to honestly back to the betamax thing it's just like it seems like this this new technology and stuff, um, like part of the reason I want to do this podcast is like help people think about like this is a transitional phase. You know, you are losing money in digital downloads because everybody's losing money in digital downloads. You are losing money in CDs because nobody buys fucking CDs. Nobody. You know, I got a I, promo CD in the mail like two weeks ago. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I was shocked. I actually had to put something up on the site. It's like stop sending, like, <laughs> and and then there was a joke about uh, uh, we'll take a hundred eighty gram vinyl, uh, which as we know, I mean vinyl sounds great, but it's very niche. And then I got stuff from bands who clearly couldn't afford, like, and I was just like, no, don't send that. You know, save that for your like, save that for your fans. Don't that's not your selling tool. Uh, that doesn't uh, like, and more to the point, I think. Putting something out on on a physical format these days doesn't legitimize you in any way. I know cassettes are coming back, and like who the fuck has a cassette player? <laughs> like I just don't. I mean, uh, you know, um, 
some guys like and and this was a very like cordial exchange uh in town actually and he was like hey i've come to the show we'll hold you a cassette <laughs> and i just laughed i'm like dude i haven't had a cassette player in 20 years not even in my car like yeah he's like oh me either <laughs> but people are doing it um because people sort of fetishize that and stuff but that's not that's not the business that anybody is in anymore it's this how many radio stations do we have in like DC? Good radio stations. God, under ten now, at least under like under ten. Maybe I was going to say under one. Okay, but no, 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 no. Radio's funny because for you and I, mm-hmm. there's like maybe one or two radio stations that are worth a damn. But for like the average person, that's like the funny thing with this whole streaming conversation. Well, yeah, it's no, really no, no, important yeah. to talk about. Remove, remove you and I contact. It's like us. all of us, even you. Like, because you know, you you work in on the law side of this stuff, so yeah. you're like way far ahead. So, like, my mom, for instance, like, I'll, I'll use my mom as an example. I used my mom on the last podcast mm-hmm. I was here. My mom's, the, my mom's the ideal music person. Her son writes about music every day, and she knows this, and she'll call me and tell me about things that she's learned about the music industry that to me are like five years old. So <laughs> she calls me up one day and she goes, Who's Taylor Swift? And I go, oh, well, you know, she's a pop star. Oh, why is she not putting her record on the internet? <laughs> on the air? I'm like, no, she's not putting it on Spotify. Oh, Spotify? Yeah. Why is she not putting it on Spotify? I'm like, well, you know, she's not getting paid enough. Well, wow. So you mean to tell me that, like, artists really aren't getting paid off of, like, just people playing their music? I would think that they would just get paid the same for people playing their music. And I'm like, no. That's not the truth and reality of the business at all. People don't know. Like people don't understand how much of a racket this is now. It is a racket, and it's crazy to me. Like people don't understand. So it's like you know, it's not with the radio. Like mm-hmm. for the average person, they still get their music through the radio. Sure. And so for them, there's like ten good stations. And then like when they go on the internet, they number one still think that like Yahoo has a player. And then they still think that, you know, like, Rhapsody exists. <laughs> Sorry. That took a second. <laughs> yeah, they do. That took a second. Let me, let me, let me enjoy yeah, that. There you go. And, uh, you know. And then the real player still exists? Yeah, and then they go, wait. So there's a service that has all the music in the world on it, and it's all available for, for, for free? Wow. And they, they presume that because it's available for free, that artists are getting paid exactly what they're worth. Right. And so when Taylor Swift takes her record down, they're like, what? They're not? Oh. Oh, well, I guess I'll just turn on the radio. And I'll hear Shake It Off 37 times a day. Which, by And the then way, labels will get nothing. Zero. And, and, that, and, and, that, and that's sort of the point is, is uh, you know... We, we haven't mentioned that uh, this Swiss label is trying to sell themselves. I mean, this is widely known. People have called them out. Jason Isbell uh, has called them out, which I was like, yeah. But, uh, you know, this is uh, is a very cynical attempt uh, in some sense to sort of boost the, uh, the value of the label through exclusivity, not understanding that exclusivity doesn't matter anymore. Not when everything is out there. And I mean everything, you know. It 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 is not, um, you know, the practice of windowing. If you aren't familiar with that, is delaying it, say, for streaming services, which you can do. But like I was saying before, like uh, I, unabashed early Coldplay fan, I will check out all their albums. You know, it wasn't on any of the streaming services. Their last one, 
better once I heard it because I was like, <laughs> I shouldn't have listened to that. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, it, 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 all these people that might check you out and, you know, for all the, the hubbaloo about uh, U2's last delivery method like through iTunes, uh, I think people hit, hit the wrong point is that they – people want music to be not a business. And in some ways, like, I want music to be not a business. All of it are, like, recorded music. Like, like I think all of it. Yeah. I, think, I, I, think it I think the general public doesn't draw the distinction between recorded and, and live music. Yeah. You know? But the fact of the matter is, it is a business. It doesn't start. It starts with, like, a creative spark of somebody willing to create something. Um, but... The second you engage in commerce with other people and have put expectations on that, then it becomes a business, and then you're playing by like slightly different rules. Um, where you know, it, it sort of breaks my heart to see people just banging their head, not figuring this out, and just be like, "No, no, no, no!" People are just going to love us because we're so pure. Like, no, they're not. Like, do you know how many people don't give a fuck about music? A lot of people. I got two words. Amanda Palmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's pure, right? No. No, not at all. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, if you like, if you wanted to get me angry, no, she's, like, she's, she's she's pure? And she's okay, so you as a female singer songwriter, right? You want to be pure and independent and have a real honest connection with your fans, right? Are you gonna try to be Amanda Palmer? I don't want to be her. I, I do think she has some interesting lessons, but she's not really my role model. At a, but, her, 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 her lessons, though, I think were the fact that, and this is... This I do is, kind of want her book, though. Yeah. This, this, this is independent. This is not a like uh, a male-female thing. This is a celebrity thing. Her husband's Neil Gaiman. You don't make a million dollars off that. No, I mean, nobody on Kickstarter does that unless like you have that in your corner. A lot corner. of people don't know that. Right. I think Neil Gaiman's fans know it enough that they gave her a lot of fucking money. As did hers. I I mean, if you think about like who who listened to the Dresden Dolls, like they had a good audience, but it wasn't like this legendary band. Yeah, one one dude did I know, literally. (laughs) (laughs) That was the guy that introduced Dresden Dolls. And you know, if this is the podcast where people finally leave comments, great. Uh, (laughs) Because I'm really, I'm really not saying like it's because she had a man in her corner. That's not it. Neil Gaiman's famous as fuck. If you, if you, if you are me or any of my friends, we're nerds. We love Neil Gaiman, and all my friends are just like, well, his lady is doing. Let's let's help this out. I mean that that type of thing. I mean that's when we get into also like another podcast, which is. you know, Kickstartering and crowdfunding and all that stuff, uh, because I think that is an interesting scene. Um, but, but yeah, God, we went off on a Amanda Palmer tangent. God damn it! <laughs> uh, um, it! It's funny you say that, though. I'll say this though: it's funny you mentioned crowdfunding because the thing with uh, with Bandcamp is great. Like, if you haven't like caught up on it, like Bandcamp's doing that little like, subscription thing. But it's great because Bandcamp, you know, you go to the page and there's like all the music is there and you can click on it. If you click on somebody's song now more than twice, there's an audio announcement that plays that asks you to become a subscriber to their page huh. oh, so that's that, awesome. or to buy their song, which is, and it's like benign and it's like, hey, you know, like. I like that, but I, and I do like, honestly, I, I, I like the... It's two, it's two different things. You don't have the history of recorded music on Bandcamp, and I don't think you should. 
Uh, but I think it is like again, people pulling their stuff off Spotify, like Jason Aldean, like whatever, man. <laughs> like, but uh, everybody who's going to listen to Jason Aldean already bought that album. They really did. Is he also a country? Yeah, he's, he, and he's he's on Big Machine, right? And, yeah, and, it's and, just different different squad. market. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but he's also like, like, like a, he's also like making all the money from this, and so like th- we're talking about the rarefied air of people who it really doesn't matter if they have it on one platform or the other one platform, and you have people where it really does matter. And it all adds up, yeah. You know that wanna... like they can leave sixty thousand, four hundred thousand, a million dollars on the table. That's Really, I don't know, a million dollars is going to hurt. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a, a local artist can't. Yeah. A, a regional touring artist can't. A Even somebody the size of, of I don't know, who, who, who's the newest? In, like Lake Street Dodge just played a 930 Club. They can't. Yeah. They can't leave that money on the table. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're missing new fans, too. And yeah, just new opportunities. Yeah. I have a buddy of mine who's an indie rapper who every quarter looks at a check from Spotify for $1,200. He's a parent of two. Mm-hmm. $1,200. <laughs> well, like, that's, that for him is incredible because he you can do saying this. who he is so people could go listen to him? I don't know what he calls himself. His name is Aaron. His name is Aaron Lester. I don't know what he calls himself as a rapper. But he is a parent of two. And he's able to look at a check from Spotify for twelve. Hundred dollars, so we could say okay. At, like every quarter, he can you know like take his kids on vacation or do something cool with that. Yeah, and that's awesome. Like that, that's that's why Spotify exists in my yeah. in my mind. Not for Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's gonna make that money somewhere else. And that's yeah. what I was talking about, like knowing your market, the realism of your market, realizing the value of, of your work. Uh, in my mind, streaming services actually the biggest thing to come out of this is that they. Um, they lay waste to the idea that you have this huge market share and show you exactly what your market is. Because part of this formula is artist Spotify streams against total Spotify streams. That's direct competition. And it's not a competition, but that is putting you up against the number of streams that go out of this thing and you did this many. And you can then see oh, where I rank, which artists aren't aren't going to look at marketing data. They, I mean, that... I And I, I hate that they have to. to I don't wish Casey was here. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Casey's a big fan of talking about how artists should... He's like, coming. Yeah. He's coming. I, he, he actually said... Uh, we should mention... We invited Casey Ray of uh, Future Music Coalition. He's traveling, so couldn't make it. But... but, but it, he will be on here eventually. Such a, he, he would have totally talked about how artists need to, like... Know that stuff. Yeah, and I, cool. I don't know what Spotify's transparency is like, to, but I do know that the Pandora recently mm-hmm. launched a, a new like amp service that shows you where your fans are, so you know where to tour. And there's a lot of other Perfect. helpful data for for artists, right. which is awesome. Right, yeah. and, and I think it was, it was something like them who they're they're in a little weird air, area because they did they bought a radio station, become a terrestrial radio station. Right, but I mean, I think I think that's actually accurate. I think that was to prove a point. Less than like legal maneuvering. I mean, it was just like it is. It is a radio station. Yeah, there's a lot of like complicated legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want me to talk about. But no, no. But what it boils down to, I think, is is that uh, like people actually are more upset about Pandora. Uh, Well, I don't say some people are more. uh, David Lowry is more (laughs) upset about Pandora, Um, and because of what they're paying, because 
of his refusal to see it as a radio station. The delivery method does not matter. It is. I, I am not. I, I wouldn't claim I'm a technologist, but I am certainly not somebody who clings to physical media. Like I care about the product, and I don't give a fuck how it's delivered. And Pandora, if if I'm going to listen to radio now, I'm going to that or some or Slacker or something like that that I can just be like boom. In fact, like audio introduced like very clunkily uh, this option you can do that with that and it, it's so not done as well yeah. and so i'm just like no i'm Spotify's not gonna use that i have all same. i have my entire catalog like matched in there so i can i do that for what i when i want to listen to stuff or like discover new stuff but the radio shit is just like it's that um yeah, and then with pandora uh Aloe black announced that he made four thousand dollars okay, from yeah. wake me up the avicii song the, the ubiquitous avicii song that was streamed 168 million times on pandora and he made four thousand dollars and he's a singer on the song and he's a songwriter i think that might just be from the song i feel like it was from the songwriter perspective okay yeah so like, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, mostly mostly just because I, I i just feel like sometimes those numbers like they don't it's hard to tell what exactly they're yeah. about, but uh, yeah, I wonder how much the publisher made or the label made. And right, yeah, I think you know, I think he, um, I really like. He has a great voice. I, who else? I think um, the guitarist from Incubus is also. Is he on the track? Or is it another one with him? Yeah, there's another Beachy song. Yeah, but yeah, no, that there's th- those those stories do get a lot of press. But it's right? also it seems so simple. You want to be sympathetic, and you think it. But that's but, sort of it's a part of the small, small part of like the whole history, and, and, and that's what we're yeah. sort of trying to break down. Yeah, here, is that like once it once it gets out of that like uh, Ella Black is on a label, and once it gets mm-hmm. out of of Spotify's hands, like you're not talking about the delivery system anymore. You're not talking about anything. You're talking about your deal, right? And you're talking about in some cases like. I I can see where people are defining it as like public performance as essentially radio versus like direct download and access and mm-hmm. stuff. But you're you're still you're talking about how much you're going to get paid according to a contract you signed. And to say that a technology is somehow like screwing you on that is like ludicrous. It, it's lazy. It's I mean, if if people like Aloe Black are advocating for them to get paid every time they write a song a million dollars, I'm going to start writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Or I should say I'm going to start recording them. I've written them all. They're all about cats. And, yeah. you know, just, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it, it's just – it's just maddening to see like nobody coming to like some like rational place and just being like, here's here's where the money goes, because labels yeah. labels will never post their con and they shouldn't post their contracts with artists. But you know the idea too that like everybody is equal because you do this is is patently false. You know, just because you make music doesn't mean you deserve to make a living at it. It is at the end of the day a job. And you know the idea that oh I trained all this and that you know what uh, you know what you did as a lawyer you trained you went to school you spent a fuck ton of money <laughs> and you know and it's this thing that doesn't bleed into the the reality side of being a musician is that you know it's not enough just to say like oh I I did this I'm working hard I tried it's like when everybody works hard and that's what I was talking about getting looking at it as a business is that. You know, you are a business. If you, if you if you want to make this your living, you are a business. Uh, people who go and play uh, and and I hate it because it's gross, but really talented songwriters who go and play like pop bellies 
for lunches for like two years just to make money between gigs. Like they're real professionals. Yeah. People who play in uh, – I had a friend who just quit a extremely successful wedding band. Um, you know, was pulling down like $1,500 a gig. He hated every single moment of it. Uh, he's a fantastic guitar player. I've known him since I was a kid. But, uh, you know, $1,500 a gig. That's that's being a professional musician. You know, suffering for your art, eh, not so much. Um, you know, so if – I'll, I'll add something from, yeah. from my own professional experience. Um, I'm a freelancer full time. So like I, I say this only not to like believe it a point, but because the articles that pay me the most money are honestly about the professional wrestling industry. Exactly. Yeah. Like like my highest like per article, like if like there's stuff that I write regularly, the stuff that pays me the most is stuff about professional wrestling. I'm a music writer. How does that even work? Who knows? But it's the least glamorous thing that I do. It's the one thing that I but don't even so, advertise. Yeah. So put it in that. Put it in those terms. Yeah, really? I mean, yeah. it's like that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if you are a musician, you are being creative. If you are a writer, you are being creative. If you are a podcaster, you're being creative. And I would, I would add, like, I, I make jack and shit off of doing this. Yeah. And I have spent over ten thousand dollars doing this. So, uh, you know, it's all creative, and we shouldn't like. We, we we shouldn't like prioritize one over the other, and, and especially like, we should be like talking to each other, and being like, "Oh, you do this, you do this." People buy your wrestling shit. Yes, some people would look at that and be like, oh, "God, you're a fucking sellout, man," <laughs> and that's <laughs> such bullshit, you know? And because like, if you if there if there becomes there wouldn't be a streaming service for words because that's called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, it, it's just like. You go where your fans want you to go at that level. You've engaged. Mm-hmm. You aren't doing it as a hobby. You're like, I'm doing it. So, like, you look at the market. Like, and I mean, what the labels I think have been is a, a way for people to be like, no, you take care of that. And we've learned they aren't going to take care of that. Like, take care of yourself. Um, it's, now I really wish Casey was here too because he was. <laughs> Uh, he would have jumped up in there and been like super excited about you saying that right there. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, I, I, no, I do know that. I've never met the guy, but I but I do know that. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's um, yeah. So this whole like argument on like should I stream or should I do this is like I don't think that's the questions you should be like asking. I think the questions you should be asking is like, am I committed to this? Like, do I want to make a living of this? Can I make a living of this? Do, not do I don't deserve preferential treatment. Like this is you know, you know the marketplace is hard. You know Spotify will tell you exactly what your market share is, and if it's point oh 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 one percent, like that's your reality. Um, you know you can still sell CDs and digital downloads and stuff, and and you know but the the last point I want to make is that. Um, one thing that Act does say, and the thing he put out on Tuesday, I think it was, was that as more people adopt this, it will go up. Totally. Yeah. That it, and it, or like in, in Europe where it launched first, it's mm-hmm. more people are streaming from Spotify than, than from iTunes, I think. Yeah. Downloads. Sweden's killing it. Yeah. yeah. And and piracy is down. Yeah. Because that, that's what it's really – like streaming isn't really competing with digital downloads that much. Streaming is, is competing with – with pirates, yeah, absolutely, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, 
you know, you if you turn your fans onto like, hey man, you can hear whatever like you're saying, you can hear whatever you want right now over here. And I, I don't care if it's Spotify or right, I, I don't give a fuck what service. If something comes along, it doesn't matter. Like we we keep mentioning Spotify because that's in the news, but th- it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But you know, if if somebody comes along and you can just be like, here it is, like hear it, trust your audience to decide. Some people aren't going to like it. Get over it. Move on to the next person. You aren't going to win them over. You just aren't. Um, and just keep doing your craft and and keep using every single channel that's available to you. And I think like streaming at the end of the day is right now the most powerful tool that is available to you. Millions of people, billions of people, I don't know, can hear you as opposed to like forty. I mean that there's no there's that's no calculus to that. <laughs> that's true. Um, but I mean that so that's what I think about it. You guys got anything else to add, or do you think we? Uh, at least started to cover this. I think that uh, we started to cover it. I think that the thing that artists have to understand is that um, the one thing the Taylor Swift thing did that's important is that it showed that there's, you know, like 10 ways to peel an onion now. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to, like, figure out which way you're going to peel it. And the way that she peels it is not the way you have to peel it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right, Marcus. Allie, thank you so much for braving Thanks the, for the having basements. me. This was super fun. Uh, although I've been advised to add a thing on the end of the podcast, but Daria is like, I don't advise young ladies to come out to a stranger's house in the basement <laughs> and off the internet. But you did, and you're safe, so you can vouch. So, uh, but all right. So that's that. Uh, please leave comments. Please engage uh, or not, because I know listeners, you won't. <laughs> um, but if you do, uh, I will engage back and uh, I'll forward them to Marcus and Allie, and then we'll, we'll, we'll engage you. Indeed. Uh, so thank you guys for coming down. And uh, next podcast, I think this is going up tomorrow, so it might be the Floydcast. This is taking the place. But all right, see you guys later.